0: great to have that kind of fellowship on sunday mornings isn't it to walk around and get to visit with each other uh, i have the privilege of uh, being able to lead us this morning and you might remember over the last few weeks what we're trying to work towards is really this is kind of the culmination of a week of study on your own you guys know where we're going to be at we're in first corinthians chapter 3 today And our desire is that each one of you will go through that passage of Scripture all during the week and glean what you can by God speaking to you through the Holy Spirit. And then when we gather together on Sunday mornings, it's kind of like, all right, we're anticipating uh, God kind of capping off that lesson before we go into the next one. I think it's uh, fantastic that we can also Uh, stop to think that there are other gatherings, not only here in our town or in our area, but all over the earth today that are opening God's Word to seek the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And that's awesome. We're just one part of that here. And so uh, before we get started... Let's go to the Lord in prayer and just ask him to bless our time. Father, it is, it's a great privilege to be able to gather together as your body. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we live in a nation where right now we can gather in freedom. Lord, that we live in in this town where we can walk into this building, sing praises to you, have fellowship together, not be held back at all. God, that we can worship you. I think about all the other churches here in this town, God. I could go through a long list, but they're there to get to know you too. And I lift them up to you, Lord. I pray that, that you will move in their bodies just like you're doing here, that you will draw thousands of people in Cody and Powell to you. God, that, that this will be a movement in our area, on our land Lord, that's what we pray. Be with the churches that are going through transitions right now, that you'll bless them. God, that you'll raise up the right leaders to be in those, those places that you'll awaken within the spirit of the, the people that are going there, God. We're your people. I think about other places around the earth too, Lord, where people are gathering and knowing that they could lose their life today for their faith in you. God, give us that desperateness, give us that realization that that we have something that is beautiful, that everybody on the face of the planet needs. God, may your name be lifted high today. Speak uh, to your people through your word today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're in chapter three, we're going to start in verse nine today. You might remember last week, Greg, uh, sharing that uh, each one of us uh, are kind of like farmers in a way. We plant seed, we do those kind of things, and other people might come along and water uh, on the the seed, but it's God that brings the growth. We're going to continue with that idea this morning. Because he went so long with the announcements, I got to condense my message a little bit, which is all right. I'm kind of used to that. <laughs> For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and you are God's building. Okay, we're not solo people out there just doing our own thing. We are God's people doing work. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I am so excited about what's going on here at Outpost. I don't know if you guys have prayed uh, during your lifetime that, that we would experience a movement of the Holy Spirit. That's what's going on here. And we have to understand that. There's marriages that are getting healed. There's relationships that are getting healed. There's people that are just saying, hey, I'm all in. That's awesome. That takes a work of God to do that. And that's what we're going for here. And that's what God wants for us. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. You might remember back in chapter 2 where Paul says, hey, when I came into your city, I didn't speak all these eloquent terms and try to win you over by man's wisdom. I spoke Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do here. We want to speak Jesus Christ. When we hear of young people or some of the the." older people like us where we're sharing Jesus with people. We don't have to get caught up in all those other things. Let's speak Jesus. That's the foundation that Paul is doing here. And to lay that foundation, what what happens if we try to lay some other foundation? There's quite a few builders in here, right? I mean, people who have at least done some building or are builders. And it's pretty important. Actually, it's Absolutely important that the foundation is done well, right? What happens if the foundation is not very good? The whole building on top of that is going to be a battle. It's, going to, it's not going to work out the way uh, that it would if the foundation was good and laid well. And yet oftentimes the world is trying to build a different foundation for us and to say build on top of that. And it it won't last. It's going to collapse, as we read in chapter 6. That wisdom is going to go away. It's not going to work. So Paul here says, "I, I laid that foundation... And what was going on in the Corinthian church at that time, they were kind of having these arguments, right? They were having these discussions about, well, I mean, I believe in Paul, and I believe in Apollos, and and we're introduced to Cephas later on in this uh, passage. And there were different people, and they were kind of dividing into these different groups. Okay, we're guilty of that too. We can do that in our own uh, realm here, even in Cody, Okay, but Paul's saying, hey, wait a minute. I laid the foundation of Jesus and there's going to be other people that build on top of that foundation. And you know what? That's good. Those things are fine. We just want to make sure that they're teaching the right things and not leading us into the the wisdom of the world. Okay, he goes on to say, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So it's not just Apollos, it's not just Cephas, it's me and you, okay? Like in my family unit, uh, my wife and I tried to lay this foundation of Jesus. You know, we've tried to build on top of that foundation with our kids and now our grandchildren. And it's like, you better take heed of that. This is a warning to us to say, take it seriously. How you build on top of that foundation, what you teach, how you train, what you're willing to do uh, in that role, and some some of us would say, I don't want that role. I don't want to be, you know, like I'm in charge of building on that foundation. Yeah, you are, and and that's why we take it so seriously here. That we're trying to get into these community groups where we're holding each other accountable for how we're building on that foundation. That's really what's happening, okay? And we absolutely love it. It's been fantastic, okay? But we need to, you need to take seriously how you're building on that foundation. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which was laid, and that is Jesus Christ. Okay, we might try... Uh, The world might try, what what are some ideas of uh, uh, the world trying to lay some different foundation? I was thinking through that this week, and it was like, well, goodness, in our time, one of the things that I would say would be like the the green movement, like the earth is what we have to pour all of our stuff into, okay, like save the planet, save the polar bears, save the whatever, Okay, now I'm not against those animals. They're beautiful. It's fantastic, but I don't worship them. That's not the foundation that I'm after. Jesus tells us, steward the things of the earth. That's a good enough foundation for me. I don't need to go after that. And I'm not trying to offend anybody here, but the the wisdom of the world is trying to build other foundations for us. And then they're saying, you got to build in a certain way on top of that foundation. You guys know what I'm talking about a little bit. Be careful. Take heed of the foundation for one that you're building on and then how you build on it. We're going to get into a passage here now that I want to spend a little more time on. It's verse 12 through 15. And I'm going to just read it all the way through. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, capital D, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Yet so as through fire. Now I remember when I was younger, and in the church setting that I was involved with at the time, this passage would be used to scare the heebie-jeebies out of me. Like you better do the right thing, or God's going to bring this fire. Jesus was kind of a mean subject. And he was just waiting for me to fail in a way. Did you guys, any of you guys grow up that way? And yet I read this passage quite a bit differently now um, compared to back then. And It's interesting to me that there is a time in the future where our works are going to be tested. One of the ways that I was taught when I was younger was, hey, there's a great IMAX in the sky. You guys going down that path with me? There's this great IMAX in the sky, and you're going to be brought out into the middle, and all the other believers everywhere are going to be able to see your whole story. That that didn't sound very exciting to me. I, I might have had fun watching other people's stories, I suppose, a little bit, if I was to be honest, but I, I don't think I wanted them to see all my story. And yet that's kind of the way it was presented to me, that that you know, God's gonna wheel me out, Jesus is gonna wheel me out, and basically call out all these things. And I also had a, a, a a bad picture of what a reward was at that time too. We could have a discussion amongst ourselves like uh, the things that go through the fire and come out the other side and, and there's gonna be a reward for those people who do things well. And so my interpretation of reward when I was younger is different than it is now. Because, you know, back when I was young, I'm I'm playing t-ball and baseball and sports and getting all these trophies. And I'm kind of thinking about these rewards. Like, you know, Jesus is going to give me this golden crown or a trophy or something along that line. But then for the poor sinner, which I also was, Uh, you know, he was gonna burn away these things that didn't stand the test of the fire. And um, I would feel this deep sorrow. And and it's interesting now as I've matured and I look at this passage, I look at it a lot different. I don't know about you guys, but I see Jesus with a bunch of believers. And and there's this, I, I think we're both in process of this happening and something in the future. Okay, like there's things that I want him to burn away from me right now. Works that don't mean anything. How about you? That's part of what we're talking about with Regen and those things is that, oh God, there's still things. I mean, I want you to come in and get rid of those things. Okay, the trophies are not what I'm after now. So what's, what's the difference here? I look at a couple different things. Number one, the building materials. We got gold, we got silver, we got precious stones, which are really more permanent in their their application. I think that there's this building material that is more eternally focused, things that are going to last, okay? And then there's another side to it that we have wood, we have hay, we have straw. We have these things that can also build upon the foundation of Jesus And yet they're temporal or earthly in their application. And when heat comes to those things, they're gonna burn and be gone. We can get caught up in those things in this story, but the reality is this. All the people in this story are gonna be saved. Isn't that awesome? Like, it's not like Jesus is like, oh, you did too many bad things. The fire, yeah, you're, you're too damaged now. You're not gonna get in. No, you will be saved. And I love the, the picture now that I have in my mind where I see the day who's Jesus now saying, hey, wait a minute, I'm gonna proclaim over you what I've been waiting to proclaim for all of eternity, you're mine. That's a way different picture. It's not casting you aside or being mean. It's like, I've been waiting for this. I, thank you for building on my foundation during your time on earth. Here's, here's your reward, whatever it might be. Or it could be like, oh no, like I made choices to build with the wrong materials on, on, during my time on earth. And, and, but now I see Jesus and I mean, I have a sorrow that I wasted so much time and energy on things that were temporal for my king. And yet, you know, back to the the person with the reward. What are we going to do with our reward? Let's say it's a golden crown. You know, we get this picture of the golden crown. Like, yeah, he's going to give me a crown. Like, why do I need a golden crown? I got Jesus. I got everything that I need. Take it. I'm going to put it at your feet. I I have uh, completely satisfied at that point. The trophies, the crowns, the gold, the the precious stones, all those kind of things. I don't need those things. Isn't that a little different picture of being able to look at that? And how about the ones of us that we're going to have things that are burned away from us. There's going to be testing, there's going to be fire, and he, he burns those. We're in process of that right now. It, it's, you know, you, you guys have probably heard life is kind of like an onion, you know. You peel back a layer, and you're like, oh, God, good, I'm finally through that. And he's like, oh, there's another layer. Let's peel that back. And, and then pretty soon, there's another layer, and you peel back, and does that ever stop? Yeah, right here. There's no more, no more peeling the onion. Like, like, all of those things that have affected us in our lives, that have kept us from the eternal perspective of Jesus are now taken care of. They're burned away. And I love it. I can't wait for that time. I don't know about you guys. I don't look forward to the burning. I mean, those can be very painful experiences. And yet, that's what we gotta go through. And he gets to the end of this and he says, but he himself or the person that has these things burned away, he himself will be saved. Amen. Do you think that they are going to want those things back? Am I going to want those things back like, oh, you know, gosh, I I don't want to, I don't want to give up my money, my land, my house, my cars, or whatever it might be. I don't want to give those things up. I I built my life on the foundation of Jesus, but there's a lot of temporal things there, and all of a sudden they get burned away. Do you think that when we're with the Lord Jesus, we're gonna say, oh my goodness, I really miss those things. I wish I still had them. No way. It's gonna be so incredible to be with him. The awe, the beauty, the fulfillment, the, the no sin, nothing separating us from God in that moment hey I, I don't know where you're at in this journey maybe you feel like oh man i'm building i'm building on that foundation with lots of eternal things and someday i'm going to get a reward and praise the lord you will or maybe you're going through all these struggles and you're like oh, i've been i've been building with the, the wrong materials and, and you know they're going to get burned away and i might i might smell like smoke i might have scars you know what? We're all together forever with him. And that's beautiful. So I, I really don't care where you are in your journey right now. Let's, let's be loving on each other and working together and saying, hey, let's go after this together because we have Jesus. And he is eternal and he has this plan for us to build on his foundation that is going to bring life to people. And someday he's going to reward us. I mean, oh my goodness. Like th- this idea that, you know, we-, we get to enjoy all this and we get heaven too. You know, that's-, that's a pretty good deal. Verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? We know. We're learning that right now, that we are the temple of God. Like, God lives in us. The Spirit of God dwells in us. And that can be an awesome and fearful thing at times. It can be a beautiful thing at times. And we need Him all the time. If anyone defiles or destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. Wow, that is, that's tough. What was going on in the Corinthian church, and we can read a little bit more about it in chapter 5, was there was sexual immorality all in the church. People were going to the temples of prostitutes and and having sexual immorality with other people, out, and they weren't dealing with it in the church. And Paul's trying to address some of these things. We're going to address a lot of things in Corinthians. <laughs> That's just the way that is right now, but... It's for us too. Like what immoral behavior do we have in relation to to Paul saying, you're a temple of God. You hear Greg saying it all the time, other leaders saying it all the time. This really isn't the church gathering. You're the church, you're the temple of God. You have the spirit dwelling in you. We're just gathering together and enjoying fellowship with each other. uh, But each one of us has the Holy Spirit in us. When we leave, we're the church. When we go outside the door, that's where he dwells. It's not like the Old Testament where they had to go through all this stuff to get ready just for this God to live there. That's pretty awesome to have that kind of responsibility to say, you know, the, the Holy Spirit of God lives in me the way that I handle myself, the the decisions that I make throughout the day are in relation to that truth. The world is going to tell you a hundred different things, but it's not true. The truth is the Holy Spirit lives in you. And if we allow that truth to sink in, our behavioral things are going to be affected If we only get, I remember that some of this passage was used when I was young too. Like, see, it says that you shouldn't smoke. I didn't read that in there, but you can say, yeah, that's pretty good. That means something. I mean, I'm a temple. I probably shouldn't smoke. Well, you shouldn't drink either. You shouldn't dance and you shouldn't, you know, a big list. And I'm like, so what about donuts or, you know, too much sugar? Or, you know, all these other things, like, how do we come up with our lists that are acceptable or not acceptable? We're a temple of God. That's why, really, we want you guys to spend as much time as possible in the passage before we get there, because we want God talking to you the whole week. Not just on Sunday morning. It's not like you guys have a gas tank and you come in here and we, we plug in a gas line and we try to fill your tank up as much as possible on Sunday morning and you're like, man, I hope I make it all the way till next Sunday. No way. Fill your tank up every single day and then you come in here and we're just like, man, we're all full. Let's go. Let's get after it. For the temple of God is holy which temple you are. You are the temple of God. And some of us, including myself, would say, wait a minute, I'm holy? Am I holy? Other places, like, be holy like God is holy. Like, wow. I'm still trying to discern exactly what that happens there. But if I have the wrong picture of who Jesus is, then I'm gonna say, I can't do that. No way, I can't do it. But if the day or Jesus is saying, hey, wait a minute, I've got this, I've got this position for you. This is the way that I see you. You're my child. And I totally love you. I paid the price for everything. Yeah, you're holy. You're, you're a holy person unto me. You're a holy child unto me. I love that. I want to live in that truth more and more all the time. Verse 18, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. We spend so much time and energy and effort on trying to be accepted by the world, don't we? Our friends, our neighbors, our family, we're we're scared we want to be accepted. We have, we have these shortcomings. We want other people to like us, you know, whatever they might be. There's all kinds of stuff. That's why we're doing Regen, right? <laughs> we want to uncover these things. Because he, he's like, man, give it all. You're a temple of God. Don't hold anything back. Become a, a fool in the world. If this body of believers was a fool outside in, in Cody, which I think is happening there's gonna be a lot of people that are like, man, you guys are, man, you're weird. Yeah, we are. We follow the King of kings and the Lord of Lords and we're not gonna back down at all. We're going hard after that. We're gonna become foolish in the eyes of the world and that's okay. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. We can spend all of our lives, all of our time trying to build with the wrong materials on the foundation of Jesus Christ and end up looking wise to the world, but it's foolishness to God. So how do we concentrate more? How do we, how do we ask God to help us more understand how he wants to build on the foundation of Jesus? Simple as that. We ask him. God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to live? What do you want us to change? How, how can we build with eternal things? For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, I think that's in Job. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, for they are f- uh, futile. Is that really the direction that we want to go as men and women of God? To go after those things? It's futile. It's foolishness. He finishes out the chapter saying that let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or the things to come. We can live in this place where it's not about men. It's not about what's happening in our culture. It's not about what the government is saying. It's not about what we're told to believe. It's about the foundation of Jesus Christ and all things right now and in the future are ours. That's incredible. Like, the, the, this reality changes our story. They're all ours. You are Christ's, and Christ is God's. We're, we're part of this big family. I hope it's encouraged you today as we've gone through God's word. You guys know exactly where we're gonna be next week, Lord willing chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to go through what, Greg? Do you know? Verse 9, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. So um, read it, have the Holy Spirit speak to you uh, during the week, and we will see you guys next Sunday. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father, first of all, I'm so thankful for what you've done in my own life. Thank you that You've changed my perspective on how much you love me. And that's crazy. It's changed me. God that I don't have to fear someday standing before you in the great IMAX in the sky and revealing all my sin issues to everybody because you already know them all and I've I'm around a body of people that I can confess and still be loved. God, the freedom in that. Help me, help my friends here, Lord. Help these husbands and wives and families, young people, build with the right materials on the foundation that you have created through the life, death, and resurrection of your son, Jesus. I pray these in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.